just me. A place to be me, where you get to experience life. Life is a journey, not a guided tour. If you want the rainbow, you have to go through the rain. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is just me. So we have Tracy in the house. Hello, Tracy. Hey, hey, hey. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there. And we also have Sasha. Hey, hello, hello, hello. And also yours truly, Sharina. So today we're going to talk about cognitive distortions. And the reason why we're talking about cognitive distortions today is because based upon our previous podcast, we just found it very, we're finding it very helpful to just go ahead and really look at the thought process and how people think. So when we talk about cognitive distortions, they are thoughts that cause individuals to perceive reality inaccurately. Once again, they are thoughts that cause individuals to perceive reality inaccurately. So just to break it down a little further, we consider cognitive distortions as negative thoughts, really thoughts that you tell yourself. And also when it comes to cognitive distortion, these thoughts can cause you to feel sad, cause concerns regarding you feeling as if you don't, you do not have high self-esteem. It can cause you to feel as if you do not have motivation to do things. Anxiety, depression, and also these negative th thoughts can cause you to contribute into some, so some sort of substance use. These thoughts that you tell yourself, which are negative, it can also affect your relationships with your friends and your significant other because you're constantly thinking bad things or unhelpful, unhelpful thoughts. It can also affect your job. You're trying to move through doing your activities at your job, but you have negative thoughts. Also, if you're in school, it can also affect your thought process as it relates to you achieving whatever you need to achieve regarding school. Some examples of cognitive distortions are, you know, I am the worst. I just failed my quiz, so I'm going to quit school. This is going to be the worst birthday ever. So these are examples of cognitive distortions. Now, there are patterns of cognitive distortions that we're going to talk about today. We're just going to talk about a couple, and we're going to give you examples as it relates to what they are. So, Sasha, would you like to start off telling us about one of the cognitive distortion patterns as it relates to how people think? Sure, sure. Um, but then also, if I could just take a step back for a second and just review the cognitive distortions, that kind of the, the definition of it. Okay. Um, 
a lot of times with cognitive distortions, we don't even realize that we're thinking about certain situations in a particular way. Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of times in society, we are um, inundated with so many different stimuli that in order to get through the day, we draw conclusions and assumptions in order to get through our day. This is natural. This is healthy. This is how we um, rationalize situations. This is how we think about things. This is how we jump to conclusions. Um, so all of these things help us um, create productivity in our lives. When it becomes detrimental is when it is too much and it elicits a lot of negative feelings that um, that constant sadness, that anxiety when there isn't a significant threat being involved um, or making it hard or challenging or difficult to communicate with others because there's that automatic thought of, well, this person's not even going to receive what I'm going to say anyway. So it's almost taking our natural um, stories that we create in order to help us get through the day and it's going to the extreme to the point where it's detrimental to our physical and mental health and our relationships that we have around around us. So it it's something where a lot, everyone does it, the cognitive distortions, everyone does it, but it becomes detrimental when it becomes draining on our relationships, our interactions with other people, um, and it makes it hard for us to move about society and even interact with our kids. Um, so one of the ways that it can show up for um, our thinking habits, um, an example is called mental filtering. And with mental filtering, what it is is taking the situation and filtering out all of the other things in the environment and just focusing on that one negative part. So um, a good example of this is um, you are wanting to celebrate an accomplishment at, um, at work or at a job and you want to celebrate, you want to throw a party, but in the back of your mind, your thoughts are, well, no one's going to show up anyway because no one showed up to the last last event that I threw. When instead of taking that one event that you're honing in on from the past and uh, you are just kind of singling it out and attributing it to everything else. So um, no one showed up for me in the past, so therefore they're not going to show up to, um, for this event. Um, you don't know the situation. You don't know what people's plans are. And so taking that event and isolating it completely um, it's another example of another cognitive distortion, but mental filtering is taking out all of the other things around that could be impacting the situation and just focusing in on the negative. And also with that being said, as it relates to the personal individual, for example, um, you did a presentation and your professor told you a lot of good things as it relates to your work, but he was like, next time you need to focus on um, speaking louder. So instead of that person focusing on all the good things that the professor said, mm -hmm. they start focusing on that negative comment. Mm -hmm. that they're perceiving it as negative as, I should have spoke louder. Yeah. So really discounting all those positive things. So that's just another example as it relates to mental filter. Um, in relationships, it pops up as if, let's see... Someone, um, your partner does something for you and um, 
you really appreciate it, but you say, well, you could have also done this. So, um, so your partner is giving you some flowers, but instead of saying thank you, you say, oh, well, you could have also brought chocolates as well. So it's kind of taking out that positive thing that's been done for you and looking at that negative, that very tunneled vision aspect. Um, And that happens a lot when we are in um, verbal arguments with people is that we disqualify everything that they've done Mm -hmm. and we just focus in on that tunnel vision negative. This is what happened. I feel um, unappreciated or I feel offended. And this is why. And you know, within relationships, when that happened, it's almost like, they don't, they, the communication pattern is damaged mm-hmm. because they're just strictly focused on that negative thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Miss Tracy, you got any examples of mental filtering? So my, 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 just listening to what y'all said too, um, one of the big words too, and just say cognitive distortion is kind of big for some people. So I think um, a lot of people can relate to the terminology of stink of st- thinking, thinking, mm-hmm. that you hear that. So it's the same thing. It's the same animal that we're talking about. And so in that, for that example, for mental filtering, um, if, that, if you think that way, that's a stinking thinking, and it can, it can affect you. So if you think stinkingly, then you can have a stinking behavior because that's the, that's the cycle. Our, our, our environment, what we think affects our behavior. So it's important that we correct that type of thinking pattern if it's off as a, a cognitive distortion or stinking thinking. So if you're only looking at the negative in a situation, that you have to be intentional when you find yourself in that pattern that, okay, wait a minute, I'm only seeing the negative. Let me find something positive, even if at least the person came to, to argue. At least this, at least that, to help you. It's, it's, it's a moment of reset and to get your mind to, to start spinning a different way opposed to only peddling negatively. As soon as I look for something positive, I shift movement instantly. And the more you look for po- more positive stuff to say, then the way you're thinking is going to shift too, so I'm no longer in a stinking mindset. I have more of a a smell good <laughs> or so, or a more of a mindset that's aligned. But it happens real easy, real easy. Mm-hmm. That um, especially the um, looking for the negative, depending on like say that mood and stuff. Yeah, you kind of search for it. I'm having a bad day. Everything gonna be bad. Like I'm looking right. for all the bad in this day, opposed to you know each moment changes. Let me find something good. Like, my voice is shot, but I'm still here, and it's like, good. I still get to contribute. Not the might not be to the level that I want to participate, but it's still good. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't think of the bad part and just get through the, this moment in, my, in the goodness. So, And a lot of times it's hard for people to pull that positive from a situation. Um, I know I'm working with kids. Um, if they don't necessarily do what I've asked them to do, or if with the parents, if they don't necessarily do what I've asked them to do, it can be a very um, um, debilitating and it can be very frustrating. 
um, but also trying to pull out the positives that that child did do. Well, at least he did try. At least he did show up. At least the mom did bring him to the counseling session. At least mom is willing to participate. So thinking about, yeah, there's a lot of negative in a situation, but pulling out that positive can really reduce moments of anxiety for us. And it can also reduce that ongoing feeling of disappointment and sadness. Because when we do that mental thinking and we think about nothing but negative, then we are um, subconsciously owning on to, holding on to just negative mindsets that create sadness or frustration. And so we're only doing it to ourselves if we continue to filter out all the negative. And when you had made mention, like, um, it shows up a lot in um, arguments within relationships that um, I know, say, when, when talking with couples to make sure you get an understanding of these um, negative thinking patterns that so we don't display them or if they start to show up, that somebody has to, you know, can be the voice to be like, hey, you know, let, let's just step back or something because, we have to change even our, how we're thinking. So when we show up to discuss this matter, we're not coming in already um, with a with a bad with the wrong mindset mm-hmm. to do it because you're going to find yourself. And I know as we talk further with some of the other um, thinking patterns that when they attach this one to this one to this one, you got a total eruption. <laughs> Volcano. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, and it's bad. It can it can go left real quick. All right. So the next unhealthy thinking habit or cognitive distortion is all or nothing type thinking. Mm. So basically with all or nothing is you see things in black and black or white mm-hmm. categories. There's no flexibility as it relates to uh, maybe this, maybe that. No, it's just it is what it is. And with all or nothing thinking, you know, that can be a very difficult process for people to process things because they're not willing to hear another point of view mm-hmm. as it relates to whatever's going on. And the the communication pattern is limited because you're not, when you're dealing with someone all or nothing, when you're dealing with someone with all or nothing thinking, um, they don't want to hear pros and cons. They have their mind made up, and that's how it's going to be. And we find with all or nothing thinking, a lot of people have difficulty with relationships because of that. It's either right or wrong. Correct. It's either good or bad. Yes. It's either left or right. It's yes. not, it's, there's no gray in between. And, and that was, I find that more people like... um that's dealing with depression mm. has that type of thinking pattern. Like nine times out of 10, it just seemed like that's the one that's uh, more prevalent than the other ones. Mm. And if it's not this way, it's like, oh, and you just start sinking lower and lower and lower and lower because you're not opening your mind to go outside of the box, like outside of the rails. It only has to be this one way. Would you consider someone with all or nothing thinking with being selfish? Yeah, because you, you you limit. It's, you put, you're limiting yourself. Yeah. 
And I, I think that there's a form of selfishness, but I don't know necessarily if people um, who have that black or white thinking really recognize it as selfishness because there are several components. There can be several components as to why someone does black or white thinking. It could be a um, an avenue of protection um, mm-hmm. to protect themselves from being vulnerable or protect mm-hmm. themselves from that hurt. And so um, the black and white thinking is, it happened to me this way last time. It's going to happen again this time. So there's, therefore, I'm not going to do anything different and I'm just not going to surround myself with this environment or I'm not going to do this action mm-hmm. because it went bad last time. It's going to go bad this time and there's no gray area. Um, and I think that can be a form of limitation for the person, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily know if they realize it because there are certain things, certain unhealthy thinking habits that I have. Mm-hmm. In my head, I believe that they're a point of protecting myself. But when I pull the layers back, it's like, uh, okay, well, maybe that was very one-sided. And I have to check my own self because, hey, I'm human, all right? (laughs) Um, And so I think that we try to formulate these easy ways of thinking about things in society. Mm -hmm. But that's one of those things absolutely for people who are experiencing depression. It can be very inundating to think about some of the um variables the gray areas in a situation and so it's a lot easier to do a black and white thinking in order to not have to address all of the complex things and thinking styles in our world in order to survive so i think it's almost a um survival Mm -hmm. that can cause further detriment (laughs) in the long run (laughs) um yeah and also fear Mm-hmm. Yes. Of, you know, I don't, I've done this before. It made me feel this way. I don't want to try it again. Yep. Because mm-hmm. I'm afraid that it's going to cause, you know, the same results will happen. And that's what you say, say that um, you use it as a protection. Yeah. 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 But And at the same time, um, we have to recognize in ourselves that limit of protection versus mm-hmm. and uh, helpfulness versus I'm spiraling out of control mm-hmm. and I'm hurting the relationships around me. I'm hurting the communication, the conversations around me. And this is no longer helpful. This is a detriment to my livelihood. And that's kind of hard to be, have to check yourself with that. And a lot of times it's helpful to get advice from other people mm-hmm. because it is really hard to check yourself sometimes, especially with your thinking habits. Because you don't realize you're thinking that way. <laughs> but then they, I know I, I've asked people like, um, how would you describe me? Or how do I act in this situation? And then when they um, demonstrate me, I'll be like, I don't be doing that. I don't be sounding <laughs> like that, you know. And so it's it's funny. But um, when say when you when you ask enough people and they telling like, yeah, you you that's how you that's how you is that you know maybe I need to step back and make some changes in my, in my in my life in, in my thinking patterns like that but I, I like to when um especially when like we having these discussion I guarantee you before the day's over I'm gonna get checked like on all the stuff we talking about and it's like okay wait a minute Tracy you sound like this and it's like immediate a, a feeling a thought and it's like okay what you gonna do you you know the tools use it and I have to apply it so, and that's why we need relationships. Mm-hmm. We need people to check us, because as Sasha says, we can stay on our thought 
in this thought process regarding negative thinking all day, every day. And that's why we need positive relationships for people to give us feedback as it relates to um, how we're thinking. But you also have to be able to communicate it, too. Mm-hmm. That's why communication is very important. So have y'all ever had, a, a like, a person that y'all, let's say, work with that had, like, this type of um, thinking pattern and everybody says, oh, that's just them. That's how they are. Like, yeah. how, how do you how do you deal with that or... What what could we tell like the listeners you if you're dealing with because it's frustrating is like well I don't want to be the one that um challenge because the way I challenge it might you know you might not it might not be received right mm-hmm. but um or do you just go and let them be them or how did how would we address or what's a good way to address it if it's bothering well it's really depending on the situation. I mean, um, first of all, you definitely want to set boundaries with yourself and not allow their behaviors to um, affect you. But if it's a situation where it's affecting the work environment, then you can um, pull them aside and just express to them what you're seeing and make suggestions as it relates to what can be changed. But, you know, once again, we can't control people. We can only control ourselves. Um, So I think it's based upon whatever situation that you're in. How about you, Sasha? Yeah, I think that is the situation. Um, And specifically with the whole job situation, it depends on where you're at um, with your emotions and your patience and Mm -hmm. your intentions with the job. If you are one foot out the door and and two fingers in the air, like peace out, then is it worth the the um the conversation because now you're just putting fuel on a fire that may have already been ignited a lot longer in the past so i don't know if that would be the best time um however if you are truly doing it in order to make hopefully make a relationship and um improve or form cohesion um i would start the conversation off not with any other colleagues, but just you and that one colleague. So reduce the audience. And then also say how you feel about the the behavior of the person. So if you notice that this person's always disqualifying um, the, the positive or just doing, oh, black or white thinking, then a statement may be, hey, Miss So-and-so, um, I noticed that that this comment was made and it made me feel as if and explain how you feel. That way, you take the onus off of that person to feel like they need to change anything because at the end of the day, they can't change. Well, you can't change them. But what you can say is that and express is how you feel about it. Whether they choose to make changes in the behavior will be up to them. But at least you are owning your emotions about how you feel about it and expressing how limiting it is in a work environment. But think about the the words you use before you use them. So the next one is jumping to conclusions. Uh, jumping to conclusions is when we make the assumption that we know that that we know what someone else is thinking. So when we make the predictions about what's going on and what's going to happen in the future. But you're basing it off of things that have happened in the past. So I know that this person 
isn't going to take out the trash. So I might as well do it because they never do it anyway. And this is why we're um, our relationship is so stressed because every time I ask him to do it, he don't take out the trash. Well, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You jump into conclusions. Mm-hmm. Let the person get. Let the person have a chance. Miss Tracy, Miss Sharina. Yeah, I'm, I'm over here smiling because um, I I had a little duck lips this morning because my sister jumped to conclusions on something that she was like, "Oh, well, you was gonna be this way any kind of way," and I'm listening to her tell me this, and I'm saying, "No, I would not. How dare you tell me how I was gonna feel? You should have just asked me because I wanted to go." And then um, I turned around and did the same thing. I was about to um, I was calling my daughter to ask her to do something. And I made a statement to say. Well, I already know what she's going to say, you know, because I kind of got to figure it out. So I um, I was guilty of this jumping to conclusions, like, like all smacked up in the face. So it's kind of funny. And so how instantly like we do it mm-hmm. and it'd be like, wow, guilty, guilty, guilty as charged. I know I do it. I do it a lot um, as a way of in my mind. I think that I am protecting myself from disappointment. So I won't ask yeah. anyone to go on a trip with me because I know that they're going to say no anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, Sasha, ask them. Mm-hmm. You are mind reading. <laughs> but for me, it's like, I don't want to deal with the disappointment, so I just do it by myself. Mm-hmm. I do that a lot. And in therapy, I, I talk to my consumers about this all the time with jumping to conclusions. I was like, until you know the facts then do not come up with the conclusion. Like, really focus on the facts. Because as you said before, we, we, we come up with our own scenario about things before we even know the facts as it relates to what's going on. So save yourself some trouble <laughs> and some emotional heartache and missed opportunities mm-hmm. and really gather the facts. I like what you said about the missed opportunities. We miss a lot of mm-hmm. opportunities when we read other people's minds. And then, like I said, I don't like when people do it to me, but we turn around and do it. It <laughs> with mm-hmm. other people. So <laughs> I wonder if that's a sense of wanting to be in control. Oh, you jump to conclusions. I could see that. Huh? I can definitely see that, just wanting to be in control, Mm -hmm. not knowing that that is the intention, Mm -hmm. but jumping to conclusions, A, to protect yourself and to be in control of that environment so that you don't get hurt or disappointed. Yeah. And I hate to say it, but women do it all the time. Guilty as charged. I'm guilty. (laughs) I'm guilty. I'm going to go ahead and own it. I'm guilty. Yes. <laughs> All right, Miss Sasha, I need an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> and the next one is overgeneralization. Mm. When we overgeneralize, we take one stance in part in the part in the past or in the present and impose it into all of the future situations. So we're taking one instance that has happened in the past and we um impose it on all of everything that may happen in the future. Tall tell signs that you are overgeneralizing can include statements like, you always, or I never, or everyone always does this. 
So you are stating that there has been no opportunity for anything to happen differently. And a lot of these cognitive distortions are interlinked, but in order to kind of break it down and help us really talk about and think about some things, we're breaking them up into categories. So a lot of them can run into each other, but an overgeneralization can easily go into jumping to conclusions. But for this particular talk, overgeneralization is making statements like you always taking what's happened in the past. It could have been one instant that happened in the past and then imposing it into future endeavors and limiting yourself from opportunities, like Ms. Sharina said. So when I think of the 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 words always and never, it sounds like we're complaining. Mm. Mm. How? Just the the I, I think the emotion with the word never and always. And we and a lot of times we don't say it one time. We're constantly saying it mm-hmm. within our conversations. And people that deal with people that have these type of overgeneralization say they're always complaining, always saying the same thing over and over again. And it blocks out opportunities too. Absolutely. I know one of the things that can happen in couples is that whole intimacy, sexual intimacy, especially if you're having issues with that sexual intimacy. You never take into consideration my sexual needs. But listen to how that sounds. Doesn't that sound like a good point? It does. Mm-hmm. It does. It and does. it also sounds like you eliminating, like, facts because, well, yesterday when I did it, that didn't count. Right? It was a filter. Yeah, it's like, uh-huh. grab it back in. Uh-huh. But we say it all the time. Mm-hmm. Always be like, okay, always. I don't never. Don't say never. Just say this time. But don't say never because I got proof that I have done this or said this. Oh, so you see what she did? Uh-huh. She utilized a lot of the kind of distortions that we just discussed. Yeah. Yeah. Miss Smith, I need an appointment. Thirsty <laughs> <laughs> at three o'clock. <laughs> but it does pop up a lot in couples, in communication with couples, is that overgeneralization. It happened once. You never washed the dishes. Well, wait a minute now. I have. There have been some times where I've washed the dishes. like, But because you happen to be irritated right now at this point, you feel like I never do it. Oh, and your emotions. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I can see overgeneralization and being utilized in, in your in negative emotion. Yeah. Yep. Almost like a scapegoat. Yes. Yes. When people argue... Or people disagree. Mm-hmm. Yes, one of the tall tale pitfalls is scapegoating. Yes. when we communicate, and scapegoating can definitely be in the form of overgeneralization. Yeah, but then you allow people to escape from conversations when you do that. Mm-hmm. They don't want to deal with it. Either. Right, happens a lot with couples. Right, it's a way out. Yeah, it's a way out. Mm-hmm. And some people intentionally mm-hmm. do that do it, yep. to get out of the conversation. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys today. It's been it's been interesting. I think we've had a very dynamic conversation today about mental filtering, about all or nothing, the black and white thinking, about jumping to conclusions and overgeneralization. 
And a lot of times these examples of cognitive distortions and um, unhealthy thinking habits can create unhealthy emotions, long-term unhealthy emotions for ourselves. It can create challenges with communication. It can create challenges with relationships. And it can create challenges for us living our best life in the future. So as a result, we will continue this conversation about um, cognitive distortions and ways that we can go about challenging ourselves and reducing our own stress. So please, 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 I would love to hear, have y'all come back for our next segment because we will definitely be going over other cognitive distortions and ways in which we can minimize them in order to move forward in our relationships and our livelihood. So thank you guys all for checking in today. We definitely appreciate it. Listening to the lovely ladies of Just Me podcast. And remember that we do have our website up. It it is Just Me podcast, the number one at podbean.com. And we also have an opportunity if you are interested to have 20-minute consultations um, on our Patreon page. So please subscribe. If you have any further questions, comments, or concerns, or you want further information about Just Me podcast and some worksheets in order to filter out some cognitive distortions. Hey, you like how I did that? In order to filter out some cognitive distortions, please go to our website. We have plenty of worksheets and opportunity to consult with the lovely ladies. Um, And we look forward to having you come back next time. Again, www.justmepodcast, the number one at gmail.com. And we look forward to hearing from you guys next time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Just Me Podcast. If you are seeking further one-on-one consultations, worksheets, and action steps from the ladies at Just Me Podcast, please review the monthly subscription packages starting at $9.99 at www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash just me podcast and the number one if you are seeking further one-on-one diagnoses interventions and treatment plans please consider scheduling an appointment with an individual counselor at journeys counseling center journeys can be reached at 336-294-1349 The mission of Just Me Podcast is to use authentic conversations to uplift one's mind, body, and soul. The goal of Just Me Podcast is to offer affordable education and insight to individuals who experience financial barriers to accessing individualized behavioral health support. With that being said, the information, including opinions, advice, and recommendations discussed in this podcast, is intended for informational and educational purposes only. Such information is not intended to substitute the recommendations of your own licensed therapist or healthcare provider. Although we are licensed behavioral health professionals, we are not your licensed behavior health professional. As a result, the advice mentioned on this podcast should not replace the recommendations offered by your own qualified health professional.